Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. with you last week in body but I was with you in spirit we launched Bridge City North last week which went really well and um, we had nearly 30 people there for our first service at Smithfield Plains and um, lots of families and lots of um, yeah just lots of excitement of what God's going to do there so um, just thank you everybody for your support for your prayers your support um, in getting this this new church up and running and um, yeah, we can take ownership of that because it's something that God is doing and it's really exciting. But I'm home today and I'm so excited to bring the word. So if you have your Bibles with you, can you turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 14? Um, and this morning I want to talk about stepping out of the boat. And I'm going to read from verse 22. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea, And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, don't you love that word, boisterous? He was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got back into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that in this house, Lord God, as in every house that preaches your word, your word is truth. And we lift the word of God in this house this morning because there is nothing else that is eternal in you, Lord God, more so than your living word. We praise you and thank you this morning that as I bring this word, you will make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer to portray to you, portray you and portray to your people what you want them to know and see through this parable, Lord God. Father, we thank you that you are mighty God, everlasting And so much more, and words fail me. Lord, we commit this time into your hands, Lord God. And we thank you and praise you for each revelation that's going to come in this house and online this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. 
So our scriptures today are revealing another miracle, and that was Jesus walking on the water. He was walking to his disciples. Previously, he'd acted as Lord of nature, calming the storm and showing his sovereignty over nature, correcting and controlling its power. And yet again, we see Jesus showing just his incredible, almighty strength and ability to work in situations that in the natural are just not possible. He is just the almighty God and able to do so much more than we ever think or ask. So, much, so often we limit him. But we also see that in previous chapter he'd fed the multitudes and through the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes um, and he'd, he'd fed the thousands and then after that what he did was he dismissed the disciples and the people and he sent the disciples on the boat to go to the other side, to go ahead of him to the other side and it talks about it in John 6, 15. And there's a reason why he did that. He left hastily. He left them and said, you go to the other side and he sent all the people home because the people wanted to take hold of him and make him king and that was never Jesus' plan because he'd come for a purpose far beyond a natural kingship in, in Israel at the time. So um, they were about to take him by force and make him king because they were so impressed and sometimes I think we look around and we see people do amazing things and we think, wow, we need to do this with them and we, or I need to do this. But, you know, we've got to see the God purpose in everything that we do and everything that we see people do around us as well. And there's just a few points that I want to look at today. Firstly, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Here we see an example that Jesus sets for every single one of us. He goes alone to the mountain. He goes alone to sit with his father. He goes alone, not because of his need of um, anything other than his desire to be in communion with his father. He wasn't there to pray, Lord, help me do my next miracle. He wasn't there to say, you know, this is just amazing. He wasn't there because of any other reason except his desire to be in communion with his father. And for me, that spoke so clearly to me that our desire to be with father, despite what's happening in our lives, should be greater than anything that goes on around us. Our desire to connect with God and to really have that communion with him in a... In a an intimate capacity and he prayed and prayed and it talks about the fact that it was the fourth watch when he came to them on the water and you know that was well into the night well into the night and sometimes our prayers our prayer life can be limited because of what's happening around us and in our life and yet I was having a chat with someone last last evening um, about the fact that sometimes our prayers are a communal walk with God from the beginning of the day to the end of the day. We're just talking with him and walking with him and, and making time to hear from him, not necessarily in a prayer closet on our knees with our heads covered and bowed down. And yet there is a place for that as well. Sometimes we need to draw away and really intercede. But as a Christian and walking with God in our busy world, we need to be communing with him all the time. We need to be, Lord, what do you think about this? Lord, what shall I do about that? Lord, you're good. Lord, I praise you. Lord, you are wonderful. Lord, help me. Lord, help them. Lord, I see the need. I lift that need to you. It's that one-on-one -on -one communion of walking with our Father, our Heavenly Father, our Abba Father. 
Through Jesus, we see his total dependence on God. And he sets us such an incredible example. I mean, Jesus was God in the flesh. And he shows the example of having to go to God, wanting to go to God, needing to go to God and be with him and be in prayer. And that's an example that continues to challenge me as I become busier and busier. And I'm sure that applies to so many of us here today and online. And prayer is essential whether things are going great or whether they're not. When they're going great, so often we forget to say thank you. When things have happened that have been just outstanding, we just are so on a high and we're lifted up. Um, And I think the need for us is to continually thank God, knowing that our strength and our help and our refuge and strength is from him and him alone when we walk in obedience to him. But when things are going not so great, when things are challenging, it's so much easier to pray, isn't it? It's so much easier to press into God and say, Lord, I need you. But you know what? We need him as much in the good times as we do in the the challenging times. We've got to have those thankful and grateful hearts for those answers to prayer that he's already brought us through. He shows us that prayer alone is powerful. That worshipping him and praying is one of the most powerful things that we can do. And it takes us deep into that relationship with Jesus that he wants us to have with him. You see, Jesus is above our circumstances. He's making intercession for us. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. That's how much he loves us. He's up there watching over us. And making intercession. And Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. See, he's fully aware of our circumstances. He knows what we're in the middle of. He knows what we've been through and he knows what we're about to go through. And he's seated and he's watching and he's loving on us and he's making intercession. That means praying on our behalf for what we need. So in the midst of a contrary storm, he's there. He's with us. He's always with us. He never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And he goes out and he says, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. To me, that speaks of being content no matter what our circumstances are like. No matter what storms are raging in our lives, no matter how many waves are crashing down on us, no matter how much of our breath is being ripped out of us because of things that are coming against us or attacks that we're feeling, that as we say, Jesus, you're our strength, you're our hope, you're our life, And as we keep our eyes fixed on him, we can keep our eyes above the storm of our life, above the situation in our life, and keep eyes fixed on him so that whatever we're doing, we're continually moving towards the purpose and the plan he has for each of our lives. It's not looking at the storm around us. It's not looking at the circumstances except to say, Lord, you're going to work through this. I'm open to you and what you want to do through these circumstances. It's looking at him and saying, I am not afraid. And the Bible says, I think it's 365 or 66 times throughout in the old King James, fear not, fear not, fear not. One for every day of the year. Every situation in our lives, God is saying to us today, fear not. And we can fear not 
because we have faith in God, because we trust in God, because we know he is the author and the finisher of our faith and because we know that his plan for us is perfect and we want his plan for us, not our plan for us or others' plan for us. We want to walk in obedience to him. Philippians 4 And when you do, you find that contentment in the midst of the storm. And the difference between happiness and contentment is that happiness is fleeting, but contentment is a deep abiding peace and a settledness and a stability in God because you have that peace of God that passes all understanding despite what's happening. It passes, it goes past the natural thinking to know that he is with you and you can be content in that knowing that he is the Lord of your life and he's going to lead you in triumph and in victory eventually in his timing. Philippians 4.11 says, not that I speak in regard to need for I have learned that in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I preached on this a few weeks ago. You see, when the disciples set out, the sea was calm. And he was, they were following the direction of, of Jesus. He said, go to the other side. Go ahead of me to the other side. So they were walking in obedience to him. And they got in the boat and they set out and it was all calm. But it soon changed. And in the midst of the sea, they were tossed with the waves. And sometimes we can be walking in obedience to God. And our sea is is very smooth. Our circumstances and life is very smooth. But soon winds of adversity blow. And they'll knock us around if we allow it to. We can be totally in the will of God and have stuff coming against us. In fact, I find that when there is resistance to what I'm doing in God... I am really encouraged because I know that there's forward movement and forward movement, there's a, there's a physical law that uh, every forward movement is, is um, met with an equal opposite movement from the other side and that's physics and I don't really get it but I know that when I'm moving forward in God, stuff comes against me and I'm so encouraged by that. So when someone has a go at me, I was... I am so thrilled that this is happening (laughs) because God is leading me. And, you know, there there are some things that come against you that are undeserved. Some, you know, we need to be able to discern what it is we need to hear when people are speaking to us or when situations are occurring so that if God wants us to, we can adjust our behaviour, our thought pattern, our words, the way we do things, the way we relate to people. But other times, you know, we, we can be in complete obedience and walking well with God and stuff still comes against you and it's like, Really? (laughs) Or is that just me? And I get very encouraged by that afterwards. Because we still need to be able to deal with the things that are coming against us. And we still need to sift it in through our spirit by the word of God in prayer. And know what it is that God wants to speak to us through those circumstances as well. See, things can change in an instant. They were exactly where they needed to be, doing exactly what they needed to do and following the the instruction of Jesus. And sometimes, you know, 
Sometimes we can be critical of others and say, well, why is that happening to them? You know, they must be in sin. They must, must be out of the will of God. They must be walking in disobedience. And yet sometimes it's because the very storms that are happening in people's lives is because God is wanting to strengthen us, to raise us up, to make us able to walk through those crises in our life, to see the God factor in everything that's happening in our lives and to know that God is our strength and our shield. He is our refuge. He's the one that speaks to us through his word and in prayer and shows us this is the way walk ye in it and it's amazing too because they felt like Jesus wasn't with them when Jesus in a previous chapter in Matthew chapter 8 it talked about him Jesus being asleep in the boat and the storm rose and they were afraid the disciples were afraid and Jesus was asleep in the boat with them right with them So it shows you that when you're going through stuff, Jesus is still with you. He hasn't left you. And through the storm, as we we call on him, and that's prayer, they woke him up. And he never slumbers and he never sleeps because he's seated and, and above all and at the right hand of the Father. And he's making intercession for us but the picture we see of him in the boat is the disciples waking him up and that was they were calling on him and that shows me that when we have things come against us and there's fear that comes against us that we need to call on Jesus in prayer and it's actually waking ourselves up out of a slumber and saying Jesus you're my help you're my shield what do I do I want to trust you and sometimes trust is like 90 percent We exercise faith and we trust him, but what about that other 10% in our lives where we're like, yeah, but what about? And those buts that come that, just me? No, but, but what about? And what if? And if that happens, what will happen after that? You know, we've got to take captive every thought, bring each one of those thoughts in obedience to Christ and, and bring it into the realm of the supernatural. And this is what we're talking about here. You see, it says the just shall live by faith in Romans 1.17 and there are many examples of that throughout the world. We've got to live by faith knowing that God's plan for us is good and even if we are going through hard times, we will live by faith. We're justified through Christ. We have taken hold of the salvation that God has brought for us through the precious and priceless blood of Jesus And we're justified because we've received Jesus as Saviour and Lord. And that's amazing. That is amazing. And it's a a great mystery in God. And one that I know that I, you know, sometimes I think, wow, this blows my mind. But I know that one day each one of us will stand before the Lord, will stand before him face to face, and he will bring us that understanding. We will know, it says, all things, all things that we need to know pertaining to him. And we'll be with him forever and ever and ever. And sometimes we feel like we're running out of time and we want to talk to people and we want to encourage people. And sometimes we want to talk to God and we run out of time and we've got to go and see the children or go to work or do whatever we have to do. And, you know, I'm so encouraged by the fact that when we're with God, we'll be talking, we'll be loving him, we'll be worshipping him. And we'll talk and talk for a thousand years and then God will say, go on. There's no end to him. Isn't that a most marvellous, marvellous thought? You see, this life is temporary. 
and whatever we do here is what we are, we are building for eternity. And that is the purpose of the church, to bring the life and the hope of Christ to a lost and dying world, to build ourselves up in faith so that we can go out and be Jesus' answer in our community, which is why we do the barbecues. It's just why we run our marriage courses. It's next term we're running a circle of security parenting course, which is designed just for parents. And, and you know, we, we want to... We want to be Christ's answer in this community with the hope and the life and the eternal salvation in him. So keep praying because God is doing amazing things. And back to the text. You see, we've got to keep going. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labour... Is not in vain in the Lord. We've got to press into him. We've got to press on in him. And you see, the purpose is we see they were going to the other side. And as the storm comes up, there is a, a, a tendency in our lives sometimes to pull up, throw the anchor down, say, we'll just wait this out. And sometimes we need to just sit and wait. But there is also a tendency where those things come against us, we give up, we're discouraged. And we cut short our destination in God. And I know, because I know, that no matter where you're at in your life, God has more for you. He has more for you to do. He has more for you to be involved in. And he has more he wants to grow you in, in faith and in trust and in the works that he has given us to do. He says, be of good cheer, do not be afraid. And Peter said, Lord... If it's you, I love that. Peter, he was so courageous and so, just so out there. He'd been with him all this time and he said to Jesus, if it's you, he didn't recognise Jesus in the midst of the, the seas that were raging. Jesus walks on the water, a supernatural act and Peter he says, is it you? Is it really you? Do we continue to see Jesus in our situation? When stuff is happening, do we say, God, is this you? Or is it the enemy? Or is it my neighbour here? Is it you? When stepping out of the boat into our dubious and sometimes scary circumstances, we need to know that we're stepping out into Jesus, that he's calling us to come to him. We need to know that it's him that is calling us to come out of that comfort zone, the safety of the boat despite the waves around, that it's him that's calling us because if it's someone else that's calling us, the result might be far different from when he's calling us. We've got to know that it's him that, that is calling us. Lord, is it you? Do you see God in the midst of your circumstances? Are we keeping our eyes on him? Are we fixed and focused on Jesus, 
Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne. You see, we've got to keep asking, we've got to keep seeking, we've got to keep knocking. And when we are looking at our circumstances and saying, Jesus, is it you? You know, I've found that I, Pastor Andrew Evans showed me years and years ago, he came to our church in Renmark and we had lunch with him afterwards. And he said to me, it's like this, I go by the traffic light system and I've shared this before. If it's a red light when I pray, I say, God, show me, show me the lights And if it's red when I pray, I stop. I know that God doesn't want me to touch that. If it's green, I go because I know God wants me to go for it. But he said mostly it's orange because there's a preparation that goes into you and into your circumstances as you wait for him, ready ready for that orange light to turn green as you move forward. And that's it's it's just one of those things that has really stuck with me. Lord, show me the colours. Which colour am I on? Do I stop? Do I go? Do I wait? And mostly it's wait. And I wait on him until he shows me what it is I need to do. You see, we need to know his voice. We need to know that it's God that's speaking to us, not the voice of a stranger. John 10 says, my sheep hear my voice. I call them by name. We know his voice. And we know his voice because we spend more and more time with him so we can hear that still small voice even in the midst of the chaos around us. And it's the keys, spending more and more time with him. And as we do, he'll say, this is the way, walk ye in it. I love that. New King, New King James doesn't say it quite the same, but the old King James is, walk ye in it. Isaiah thirty twenty. And although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity, that's bad stuff. And water of affliction, that stuff that comes against you, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes shall see your teachers, that's Jesus. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. You see, stepping out onto the waves doesn't guarantee that the waves are going to stop. It doesn't guarantee that the resistance will stop. It doesn't guarantee that the storm will stop. But what it does guarantee you is that you're on your way to meet with Jesus, that you're on your way in obedience when he's calling. When he asks of us the things he wants us to do, we hear and do we always do or do we wait? Do we wait upon him and on his word? You see, Peter had incredible courage and I've heard people speak about him and say oh he was doubting and all of that stuff but he was the only one that got out of the boat what an encouragement for me Peter who opened his mouth and often said the wrong thing was a man of courage and a man of faith and a man who loved Jesus you see it was his love for Jesus that prompted him to get out of that boat And he said to him, bid me come to you. He didn't say, bid me walk on the water or look for a miracle. He said, bid me come to you. 
And that's got to be our, our motivation, our reason, raison d'etre. That we're coming to Jesus. See, he's our destination in everything. He waited for Jesus to call him. And that's the timing, the lesson of timing in everything. That no matter how bold or courageous or, or how much we desire to serve him and do things, unless it's him that's calling it, unless it's him, we step out, the result's not going to be great. It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be his plan. Because when it's in him, he sustains us. And there's an eternal consequence in walking in obedience to God. So if we step out onto precarious waters when he's calling us, he will supernaturally enable us to walk across those waters and arrive at him. You know, I can't wait for the day. It's all I want to hear at the end of the day. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm sure you do too. I'm sure you do too. You see, as we prepare to leave the safety of our boat in what God's calling us to do, we've got to keep our eyes on him. You see, when he calls us, he equips us. When he calls us, his timing is perfect. And when we respond to him... He'll provide us with everything that we need for the journey that is ahead of us to bring us closer to him, to do the things that he's calling us to do. Leaving the safety of the boat is uncomfortable. And Peter, as he stepped out, he began to sink. You know, sometimes when we step out, we can begin to waver. We can, um, we can start to second-guess ourselves. We can start to doubt and that's a human condition, it really is. But keep your eyes on Jesus. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Peter stepping out, wanting to go to his Lord and his Saviour, not even knowing that he had the ability to do what he was about to do? That speaks to me. We don't know the capacity and the potential in each one of us to do the God factor when God's calling us to do those things. You see, you are God's answer to your family, to your community, to your workplace, to every sphere of influence that you set foot in. You are God's answer. And God is giving you the supernatural ability to step out onto those waters way beyond the natural realm. That excites me incredibly. You see, he's given us the power of his spirit, his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship, that's you and me. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, he's calling us to step out onto the waters. Just when you think you're about to fall, to fail, to break down, to give up, to drown. When you lift your eyes to Jesus, he'll catch you. Jesus said, come, and he caught hold of him. 
what an amazing saviour we have. Don't you just love him? Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him saying, Truly, you are the son of God. When you step out, know that people are watching you. Know that those around you are seeing what you're doing. Watching as God works in you and as God works through you to complete the works he's given you to do, no matter where you're at, no matter how frail you are, no matter how many times we mess up and we do, it's the human condition. But God is a perfect God, a perfect, loving, forgiving God. And we get back up one more time and we keep doing what he's called us to do. And you see, this is the testimony that he gives us for those who are in God. That the people will see God in our lives. And through that, they'll see him working in us and through us. And he gets the glory. He gets the glory. Truly, you are the son of God. Isn't that amazing? So I want to ask you now, what is he calling you to do? What is he asking you to do today? Are you in the boat? Are you getting ready to leap onto the water? Are you waiting for the green light? Is Jesus calling you? And the water of your circumstances looks different for every one of us. It may be a health issue. It may be a physical issue. It may be a financial issue. It may be a relational thing. It may be a challenge to your thoughts, your attitudes, your mind. It may be a challenge where you cannot see yourself fitting into outside of a supernatural download from heaven. What is God calling you to step out onto? Is he bidding you, come? And When you know that it's Christ that's calling you, when you know Jesus is calling you, you know it's all going to be okay in the light of eternity. We've just got to keep stepping out because we're on our way to completing, sometimes beginning a new chapter in life with him. Supernaturally empowered by his spirit, that same spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells bodily in you. You have the power you have the ability, you have the capacity to do anything, anything that God's calling you to do. You've got to believe in him and you've got to believe in yourself. Amen. I'm going to close there, but I'm going to pray because I really feel like we are right at a crossroad and God wants to take us on, every single one of us, both as a church corporately and as individuals in seeking him and knowing his will and walking in him and trusting in him and not fearing and recognising God's timing in everything. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we come before your your gracious and most incredible throne of grace in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you show us that 
through faith in you, we can indeed step out into the waters that you're calling us onto. You give us faith which cancels fear. We ask that we can trust you 100% in every one of our circumstances. We ask, Father, for the capacity to increase our prayer life as we seek you, seek your face and be led by your spirit in everything that we do. Lord, that would be less of the natural and more of the supernatural in our lives as we look to you, as you teach us through your word and as you commune with us through prayer and by the power of your spirit, as we worship you, Lord God, let us be lifted above our circumstances. Take us out of the boat and onto that water to step out as we move towards the destination and the purpose and plan you have for every one of our lives. Father God, as you say, come, as you bid us come, Lord, let us keep our eyes fixed on you. Let us not be aware to the extent that it would cause us to fail of the wind and the waves that are around us and the resistance and the darkness of the night. But Lord God, we fix our eyes on you. You are our author, you are our finisher, you are our perfecter of our faith. And Lord God, we don't look at the circumstances except to say, Lord, you're above it all. And Lord, you have the solution. Lord, let us be a solution in our community, in our family, in our circumstances and draw us deep into you so that we can know you more. For those who don't know you, Lord God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that each one would reach out and say, Jesus, take my life. I want to know you. I commit myself to you. Forgive my sins. Make me brand new. Help me trust you, help me know you, help me walk in the path that you have for me for all of the days of my life. And I lay aside the natural weight and the confines that I've been in, whatever boat that looks like, and I step out to you. God, I pray right now for anyone who has made that decision today that you would just bless them, that you would... Lord God, minister to them in their heart and their need. And I thank you, Father, for every salvation that you bring. Lord, as we build kingdom together, Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour. But for those of us who are struggling with fear, those who are disappointed and discouraged, those who felt like it's too late, I don't want to get out of the boat, it's too hard. Father, I pray right now that you would minister to every single person, that you are the great I am. And you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask because it's not our strength, it's your strength. That in our weakness your strength is made perfect and we thank you that you are absolutely amazing. You are our Abba Father and we are so grateful and so thankful. We commit this time to you now in the precious name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church. Or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. 